Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in from somewhere, I, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, is, <laughs> is Patrick Anderson. I actually don't know where you are. I, I haven't seen you, so, you know, I assume yeah. you're in, you know, the Western United States, but maybe you're not. You're just calling maybe. in. Maybe I'm like in the apartment next door to you. <laughs> you might be. That's why our our uh, reception is so good today. It's maybe because yeah. you're just you're, you're in the the room upstairs in my apartment. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we we choose not to just meet up. You you came all this way and decided not to knock on my door and say hello. You just I can't I can't give away my location like that. <laughs> it's pretty messed up. Good friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So this is our first podcast of 2019. Um, if you want a recap of 2018, uh, be sure to check out our top 50 albums lists, uh, which can be located on, what is it, underthescopesite.wordpress.com. If you don't yes. care about our writings or our thoughts, that's okay. But playlists are attached, so you can just listen to the playlist if you want. But you got to scroll through the list to get to the playlist. That's how we get that ad revenue that we don't actually get. So, <laughs> yeah. So there that's, you go. That's how we get you. <laughs> that, got him. Now you have to click yeah. like twice to get to a playlist. Um, Suckers. So, all right, Patrick, what's our what's our first podcast of the year going to be about? Not a lot of high-profile releases, so... Not, not really. Not as far as I know. Right. But there was one release that mm. I thought maybe we should do a podcast on mm, mm -hmm. me alone i was the only one that thought we should do this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought maybe we should do a, like toro y moi or something but nope you yeah. came in with the you came in with the james blake so yeah yep yeah uh okay they guess we gave it away yep. james blake. <laughs> yep. oh yeah. there it is yeah we gave it away not the title of the podcast episode but we did just now two minutes into the podcast um surprise <laughs> Like when I post this podcast, the first word of the podcast title is going to be James. James <laughs> right. People are like, oh my God, what? I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, so this isn't our first James Blake podcast. We're kind of veterans at this point. Um, there aren't many artists that we've done multiple podcasts on. Um, I guess Kendrick, Drake, and <laughs> certainly Kanye come to mind. Um, yeah. But I think this is our first uh, double dip into a, an indie artist. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think so. I mean, I I guess indie we'll musicians. Have to, we'll have to go to, back and and fact check ourselves on that. But right, we'll have to do that yeah. since we can't do that on the podcast. <laughs> we'll just say it is right. Yeah, we. It's uh, if we're lying, you know, people are going to really care about that. So, uh, <laughs> James Blake is. Um, an electronic like R&B soul singer songwriter producer from London um, he's you know he's very famous in that regard but he's also known for his collaborations with artists such as uh, Bon Iver, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Frank Ocean, Beyonce, Travis Scott um, he's kinda got his toes in a lot of different waters um, his work is generally pretty well acclaimed um, the Metacritic for each of his four albums ranges from 78 to 82, which is pretty consistent. Um, 
the uh, the quote unquote low score of that bunch, the 78, is given to his last record, The Color in Anything, uh, which we enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, I looked mm-hmm. at our 2016 list this morning. It was number 10 on my list. Do you remember where it was on yours? Um, let me see if I can guess. I think number, hang on, seven? Eight. Eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Your number seven was Brian Eno, The Ship. So. Oh, okay. I was I, I couldn't remember if I put that ahead or before it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so it was both in our top tens from that year. We're both pretty big James Blake <coughs> fans. Um, Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Just <laughs> loudly coughing over what I have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that record was a little polarizing for a lot of people um, because yeah. of its length usually is what the common criticism is, which is fair. Um, the record we're discussing today is less lengthy. Um, Assume Form is the title of it. Uh, it's on the high end of that Metacritic range. It has an 82. Um, that isn't to say everyone loves it, though. It's been pretty polarizing. Um, publications such as NME, uh, The Independent, and The Telegraph have given this record a perfect rating. Uh, that said, I've seen some negative feedback on Reddit, and uh, there, of course, is the 5.8 out of 10 Pitchfork review, um, which I'm sure we'll revisit later on in this podcast because there's some there's some context to that that is interesting. Um, so, because of this polarity in reception, uh, I'm I'm excited to hear how you view uh, this new album. Uh, so, what do you think? First of all, great album title. Great album title. Great album. Love the album title. Yeah. The um yeah, so this is really interesting. Um I didn't expect a James Blake album that was going to be this accessible to be this good, mm-hmm. but I also didn't expect a James Blake album to underwhelm me Mm. in certain ways like this album does too okay so this is an album that really cool way to kick off 2019 because i uh, this is like one of the more complicated feelings i've had on an album in quite a long time Interesting. yeah it seems like every year we have this this one indie record that's like really polarizing. I mean, last year there was that Arctic Monkeys record. A couple of years ago, it was the Tame Impala Currents record. There's always yeah. there always seems to be this one indie record that like you're either in on it or you're just you're totally out on it. I get a feeling you're somewhere in the middle, but I'm like I I I go I see like both sides of have merit in like in how they're reviewing this album Mm -hmm. because I get, I get pulled over to the like, you know, gorgeous, like great, uh, emotional side. And then, and then like on a dime, it'll switch to like, Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of in that same boat where I, excuse me, where I see both sides of it. Cause as you mentioned on the one end, it's his most, I think it's his most accessible record so far. Yeah, but the kind of the second side of that coin is it's maybe his least interesting record, um, mm-hmm. but that kind of goes in with being accessible often. Uh, so it's it's kind of it's kind of odd. I I love this album generally. It's not like 
well, okay, it might be my album of the year now it, in, late, <laughs> in late January, but it won't yeah. be like by the end of the year. Um, I think it's I think it's really good, but it, it's odd because I think the pacing is kind of weird on this record. Yeah. Um, James Blake's a very versatile artist, and he's known for not only his like piano ballads, but also these like electronic experimental moments, and then also these like collaborations with hip hop artists. And so he puts all of that on this record, but it's kind of jumbled in a way that can be jarring going from one song to the next. I guess that's kind of my my biggest complaint with this one. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. They. Because the middle part of this, like after Tell Them, when he goes, like the four song stretch of Into Red, Barefoot in the Park, uh, Can't Believe We Flow, The Way We Flow, and um, Are You in Love? Uh, Are You in Love? Yeah, the like up until Where's the Catch, it feels so distinctly like, you know, what you, what I previously would have thought is a James Blake mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. And like there's, Hip hop elements to it, but the the mile high and tell them yeah. completely deviates from that style, and it's and they and they're back to back. Right. So yeah, it's like this. It it's I don't know. I don't mind that they're back to back because they work together so well. Mm-hmm. Like that those that two song balance is like it's really cohesive and I like it, but then, but then you get lost in this other James Blake world. And then an Andre 3000 verse comes up in a very hip hop styled uh, song on where's the catch. And you're like, Oh shit, that's right. We're doing hip hop on this record too. Right. Right. And, and not only are they back to back the mile high and tell them they're at the beginning. So when I'm listening to this for the first time, the title track is the first track and it's this, you know, a kind of a classic James Blake, piano ballad that has some electronic glitchy moments or whatever and then the next two songs are those hip-hop songs so three songs in a majority of this album has been hip-hop so far and i'm thinking oh well this makes sense because he worked on kendrick's damn album he worked on uh he had that feature on the travis scott record yeah Uh, you know he's kind of dipping his toes into that a little more often so i'm thinking oh maybe this is kind of a kind of a fusion of hip hop. And then it's just not, as you mentioned, until where's the catch. And then that's about it, it for the, for the hip hop influence on this thing. So it's just kind yeah. of weird, I guess. Yeah. It's, it, I don't want to say it's like, it's not poorly structured because like the way that they're put in there, it's, it's not super jarring, but it's like, it, it, it is this thing of James Blake's sound is so distinct that once you throw in these like hip hop verses <clears throat> or you know that this that different hip hop production in there it 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 just turns its head mm. a little bit and you're like oh that's right and and it's done in a way that's kind of like I, I feel like it just it's not like a major issue to me but it's something that sticks out mm-hmm. and so you know what i mean it's like it's like a cosmetic thing that's just kind of like uh Okay. Wish that wish that this would have. I don't. But I don't even know how. You know how it would have been structured. Do you feel like those two tracks are, they're less, James Blake featuring whoever and more like Metro Boomin featuring James Blake, or do you think there's kind of a good balance on those? I think it's there's a 
really good balance on them. Okay. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. I just kind of wanted yeah. to make sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that there's a really good balance on on really all of the any of the features that he has. There's a really good balance of James Blake featuring this person, I feel like. Right. I agree with that. And I think that the features yeah. in general are just really good. I mean, there's, what, four vocal features? Travis Scott, Moses Sumney, Rosalia, and, of course, Andre 3000. I think for the most yeah. part, those are all really good. Um, yeah, I... I I like all of them, but and like it's a little bit of a take we can go into the Andre three thousand verse. I have a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue with. Really? Okay, yeah. Let's just get into that because that's that's interesting. Okay, you want to just talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I so I I think that I mean it's Andre, so it's still like a really good rap verse, and it's engaging and fun and like. Um, you know, it, it's it, it is what you would expect from an Andre three thousand verse, which is good because he's one of the best mm-hmm. modern rappers out there right now. Mm-hmm. But it's the problem I have with it is like I like the style of production on that song, but it's so predictable that like like the way that it builds up, and this is the same shit that that like Andre has with like other features too. And I'm getting kind of yeah. weary of it with this like. All right, here we go. Mm. Here we go. Andre 3000, he's about to put up, do this verse. And then you're like, you know, it, yeah. it's, I get, I get so weary of that. Like, all right, ready? Are you guys ready for this? I can, I can see that. Yeah. Cause they're always, you know, pretty long verses. And so they're trying to like ease you into it with this kind of like pre verse hype or something like that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know that it's like a stylish or stylistic choice to do that. It's, but and it makes sense for it to be Andre because it's it is that presence. You're like, oh, here we go. Andre's about to kill it. Mm-hmm. But th- there's just like, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like very. It doesn't seem very creative at this point. Like it's like, it's so obvious. Like yeah, okay, Andre. I know Andre's about to kill his verse. Like, do we need to have this big build? Okay, anyway, but that's yeah. that's one small thing about it. But like <laughs> the other thing is like, it's not honestly. It's really cool and it sounds really nice. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it's like just ear candy, right? Just on like how it sounds, but like it's not that deep of a verse. And I think the only reason that I'm that I f- have like these feelings is because like I was expecting something just off of like you know and and out of like the hype that this verse has gotten out of the album because I think this is one of the more liked songs mm. on the album, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's one of my most liked as well. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I do. I, it's not like I, it's not a bad song, but it, there's just like there's not like that much depth into it. And there's like, sometimes there's like these lines sometimes like at the beginning, the, all my pets are mystic. Keep me in a cage. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you sure it's not deep? Because before the verse, he says it's going to be a heavy ass oh verse. God, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe you're just, you know, maybe you're dumb, you know? Yeah. Have you thought about that? <laughs> it's the Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get it. No, because I, I actually agree kind of with what you're saying, because when I saw this track list and I saw featuring Andre 3000, 
I knew exactly like how this was going to go. It was going to be yeah. <clears throat> James Blake doing his thing. And then it's like, oh, set up for the Andre verse. And then the Andre verse is like a minute or whatever. And then everyone's talking about the Andre verse after the song ends, which, you know, it, it, I, I do agree. It's, it, it's kind of predictable, but I really liked it. And I, I kind of like the annual Andre 3000 groundhog come out of his hole once a year to spit a verse and then kind of disappear until the retreat back. Yeah. But at this point he's done that for like three or four years now. Um, I would love to hear like an album from him or something (laughs) that would be, (laughs) you know, or an EP or something that would be, that would be great. Um, you know, that's, that's one of my favorite songs on here though. What, what songs, I guess, if any, like stood out to you as particularly great. I love uh, Can't Believe the Way We Flow. Mm-hmm. A pretty straightforward one uh, in terms of like yeah. appeal and stuff, but I agree with you on that. Very, very simple, but like it's just like just fucking gorgeous. That's, you know, it's there's not like a, it, there's really not a ton to dive into there. It's just from start to finish, it's one of the most like romantic, ethereal, like just very pleasing sounding songs. Right. And James Blake, I think, sounds like at his best on on that song. Yeah, he uh, that song is uh, it has this like psychedelic backing vocal thing that I think is just beautiful. And then once his yeah, right. That's a good that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And once his like actual vocals kick in to start the verse, it's like just, oh, here we go. It's James Blake time. Um, You mentioned romantic. And that's a great point, because this is a love song and most songs on here our love songs um dedicated to his partner jamila jamil who is most known for her work on the good place uh now mm-hmm. on nbc at tuesdays at 7 p.m <laughs> <laughs> i actually don't know but yeah so hopefully we can get that sponsor <laughs> <laughs> just like you know you're watching nbc and here's uh ted danson and Kristen bell and then they cut to commercial and it's just <laughs> it's just us talking Under the scope podcast, the scope podcast. <laughs> listen to us um no that's i mean that's a a fantastic it's just like a pure sonic bliss song like yeah nothing about the the lyrics are particularly outstanding on that but oh my god it, it's just so beautiful to listen to yeah that's uh, that's kind of how um how I am on the album as a majority too. Like there are like decent, like moments of lyricism. Um, assumed form. The title track has some really interesting and like, I think really nice moments of lyrical expression about like low self-esteem and depression and like Mm -hmm. wanting to be this, like building up your confidence. Like I'm going to be this person that can handle this relationship with this person. Um, that's a really like touching song, but for the most part, the album is the appeal of it to me is the production and mm-hmm. just how like beautiful a lot and beautiful. And then like on the flip side, like brooding or dark uh, certain moments of it sound. Yep. So I agree with that. I think the the aesthetics of this album are kind of the best thing it has going for it cuz you know the the content doesn't always it doesn't change a lot from song to song. It's generally 
uh, how happy he is to be in his relationship and how the relationship has kind of helped him with his depression and anxiety, which, you know, are important song topics, but, you know, it, it's kind of consistent from one song to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, I kind of start focusing more on the, the production and just the aesthetic quality of it all. And that's kind of where I get most of the appeal. So I'm with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. my favorite song though is, um, into the red. That's just, a, mm. cause that, that's kind of where, you know, you have the first three tracks. I really like assume form and then, uh, the, the Metro booming tracks happen and I'm not sure where the album is going at this point. And then into the red is kind of the start of the, what we kind of anticipated as being a James Blake album. Cause at that point it's mostly ballads from that point on out. Um, but yeah, Into the Red is just, oh man, it's a just a song about kind of his gratitude toward her. He says uh, she's the gold rush, which I think is kind of a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Um, there's strings at the end of this track, and it, it makes for this really like fantastic climax to the song. Um, I get chills at the end. There's some vocal effects going on. There's some uh, instrumental effects going on with this sort of harpsichord thing going on it's just i don't know it's one of the more interesting songs on here but also just kind of has that gorgeous quality we come to expect from james blake Um, that's a really interesting choice really okay well i feel like it is i don't know if i actually don't know yeah because there were usually it's kind of the singles are the ones that yeah get the most hype i think there was only one single that was released like before the day the album came out and then it was 12 hours before the album dropped and he released a couple songs. So I guess they're yeah. singles, but yeah, he put out like teasers, I think for like mile high and yeah. Right. Yeah. But, um, one of the, like one of the biggest things I love about that track into the red, I, that's a really cool pick. Cause I, I do <laughs> like that track a lot too. Um, is like the swelling that happens like on the pre-chorus behind James Blake's voice, like with the, with the production, Mm -hmm. it's just like that. It's one of the coolest moments of, because it it just brings so much texture to the track itself. Cause otherwise there's like kind of a sparse minimalist, like it's really pretty, but it's like very sparse instrumentation. And then all of a sudden it's like swelling up and then you're brought into a chorus and it's like, they, he does such a good job of, Oh, this is another thing I really that I thought was a really cool um, idea on this album mm-hmm. was the way that he uses his voice to complement the instrumental production. Yes, yes. And he does a great job of this is a good song, a good example of that. Like it kind of just melds in with everything else. Right, right. I agree with that. And I'm glad you mentioned kind of the sparse instrumentation um, because that's kind of a feeling I get on a lot of these songs where it's very like minimal and moody on the production side. But Mm -hmm. there's also a couple of like vocal samples or brief piano little blips. You know, I think the production here is mostly minimal. And then he pulls out a trick or two to kind of full like what's the word to kind of expand the production a little bit um so it's a trick he kind of uses throughout the record and i think it i think it works for the most part but if the the little trick he decides to use doesn't work well for me then i kind of lose interest in the production like on the song i mean are you in love where it's it's pretty minimal and synthy 
but then it has that little like do 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 and I'm just I'm not a fan of that because I think it sounds a little clunky so because of that the only appeal in the production to me is this kind of minimal uh landscape but thankfully I'm okay yeah. with that because it the minimalism works for his vocals so ultimately it ends up not being a huge issue but that's a good that's a good track to choose because I have similar feelings with that it feels like that little like synthesizer blip mm -hmm. that he's using like I feel like I really want to find a reason to like it because it is <laughs> it's an interesting sound and it's like and it sound it, it does sound really nice, but it's just the way that it's like placed in and out of the track sounds like. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's kind of just fucking around on the synthesizer <laughs> right. behind him. That's kind of what I thought. While he's trying to sing, he's like, "Can you stop, please?" <laughs> it's like it's it's the people in the next studio, uh, like the studio next door, <laughs> doing something. They're like, "What the hell?" No, because I really like that song when it's just the verse. And it's it's really moody and, and mellow and stuff. I kind of and then all of a sudden they kind of throw that doo -doo -doo, and I'm just like yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah, I like I when I first was listening to it, I was like, okay, like I feel like I really wanted to to find a reason to like it, but I can't really find any. Right. So yeah, that's that's a good that's a good track to to point out. And you know, most of my other like absolute favorites we've kind of talked about. You know, into the red, can't believe the way we flow. Uh, where's the catch? And then uh, don't miss it, which was. Um, Let uh, me just say this real yeah, quick go, about where's the it. catch. Yeah. Where's the the production on where's the catch is fantastic. Really, the only problem I have, which is kind of funny, is the Andre verse. <laughs> Just like that's like the entire point of the. But I think that right. he brings the like the production he brings for Andre is perfect. It just yeah. shows how good of a producer he is. That, and I love the the outro part with the everything thing. That I, part. I wrote that down too. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I, I very outcast feeling. Right, right, and I kind of agree with you in that or I don't even know if it's agreeing with something you said, but kind of to your point, I, I think the rest of this song is getting underrated outside of the Andre feature. Like, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, that's the Andre song, which it is, but it, the production is catchy. And then I like just the way he delivers his vocals on this, where he, you know, the, where's the catch? You know, it's, yeah. just, it's very interesting. Um, the choices he's making on that one. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you clarified your, where's the catch take. So all the, all the you know all the hip-hop heads won't come yeah you know pitchforks blazing <laughs> right we'll get to pitchfork um yes <laughs> on this song actually because that the whole pitchfork james blake feud quote unquote starts here uh so don't miss it was his it was the the first or i guess only single released like well prior to this album's release um it came out last may um, and I just, you know, aesthetically, I think it's just a freaking gorgeous song um, from beginning to end. The the vocal sample's great. The uh, the effects he uses during his verses are, are really good. It's a classic James Blake piano ballad. Um, but on this song, it, it's a song about his depression and his anxiety um, and how uh, Jamila Jamil has, has helped kind of ease that for him. So Pitchfork, sorry, do you want to share thoughts on this before I get too deep into the, the Pitchfork stuff? No, go for it. Let's let's just dive into that. Okay, yeah, because I, I think this is really, really weird. Um, so Pitchfork did a track review of that song 
Um, let's see, Staffer, I want to get these guys' names right. Uh, Kevin Lozano calls it sumptuous sad boy music, and he says that while it's hard to deny the prettiness of Blake's music, the mopiness of it all is starting to feel cloistered. Maybe he needs a night out. So James Blake responded um, by saying that, you know, he kind of went into this rant, but in general he was saying the term sad boy he feels is unhealthy and problematic um, and that he encourages men to be vulnerable and open uh, and he describes the harm of bottling in emotions. So Pitchfork responds, or Jeremy D. Larson of Pitchfork responds with a tweet saying, it is not a critic's job to handle the emotionality of your work with white gloves, as if that is an unassailably precious thing. Yes, treat someone's real vulnerability with empathy. No, your art is not immune to criticism. What a cowardly and misinformed defense and a false equivocation of real hurt inflicted on people who aren't rich musicians. Grow up, dude. And then Jamila Jamil tweeted to that, being as awesome as she is, she said, not everyone is brave enough to tweet about someone without even mentioning their name. Thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to, you know, within the past week or so, Pitchfork gave assumed form a 5.8 out of 10. Uh, Philip Sherburn wrote, there's, you know, just kind of the, uh, you know, there's the review on Pitchfork and then there's the like two second, two sentence blurb, like right before the review. Um, and that says the suffocating seriousness that runs through the singer and producer's fourth album, the one that bogs down genuine moments of levity and love. And James Blake quote tweeted the review uh, and said, I think they still might be a bit upset that I called them out for their toxic masculinity. And then a, ki a kissy face emoji. So <laughs> so what, what do we what do we think about all that? It's so fucking weird. It it's is just, weird. Yeah, it's it, it it's very petty on pitchfork's part mm -hmm. to like come like i i get the um the review itself i don't think was meant in any like malicious you know right right i i think that you know yeah using the term sad boy is like it it is kind of a little it, it is shitty because it's like there is like a, a stigma attached to it and i i agree with james blake's um like what he said about it, like that's kind of a dangerous thing to say, but I don't think that they were doing it out of like any hurtful way or anything like that. It was basically just like, Oh, you know what we mean when we say sad boy. Right. 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 So like, I, I'm, I'm not like not advocating it or anything like that, but it wasn't anything that I felt was malicious, but the way they came back. Yeah. Yeah. And they were basically like, well, fuck you! You can't handle my opinion, man. Yeah. You, you don't like you're you're rich. You don't even have these problems. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> right, that's so messed up. Like it, yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> obviously, not a fan of that. Yeah, right. Because I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Because I mean, I, I don't want to. Because there's there's a, a way to take this where you go full like men's rights activist mode, and I fucking hate those guys so don't yeah. think i'm one of those but you know it, it there is something to be said about men opening up with their emotions and, and whatnot um but i agree with you i didn't think the the initial pitchfork review was you know maybe they could have phrased it better but i don't think it was particularly malicious and i didn't think that james blake's reply was malicious really it was just kind of like 
hey, there's this term going around. I would appreciate if you guys stopped using it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the the part where I start to get like a little peeved is when the guy who didn't even write the initial review, maybe he edited it or something, but he comes out here with the, yeah, with the like, oh, well, there's actually real hurt being inflicted on people who aren't rich musicians. Um, yeah, that's some fucking bullshit. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> you know, shout out to someone like Kurt Cobain, by the way. Or, you yeah. know, like, what are we doing here? So, I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to imply that, like, oh, well, James Blake's a rich musician, so, it, you know, this all this emotion is just hogwash. When we normally yeah, celebrate... hurt. Yeah. Like, and, and we normally celebrate, like, musicians expressing their emotions, but not in James Blake's case, I guess. So... But it yeah. was just weird. It's like, it from, from a, a source that's supposed to be a very intellectual empathetic the like, most trusted voice in music they're, right their yeah, words exactly. not mine yeah yeah they they i mean they should understand it's a very simple idea of just because you're rich doesn't mean you are happy like everybody should fucking know that by now <laughs> it's pretty fucking obvious yeah like and, and and like for them to say that it was like that was just so it was just weird. I was like, who who works there? Like who actually works there and still believes this shit right. that rich musicians, rich celebrities aren't actually depressed, can't actually you know be <laughs> feeling the pain that they're. It was, yeah, that was, it was, and and yeah, because he made it like. At first, I was like, like reading it. It was like, oh, like, you know, I'm just critiquing your art. I have nothing. I'm not saying anything about you as a person. Like the first part of that was like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. He should, you should be able to. That's your job. You should be able to critique his art as harshly as you want. Mm -hmm. But then he goes into the that that thing, where <laughs> <laughs> real hurt on people who aren't rich musicians, and then grow up. I'm like, what the fuck. <laughs> Right, right. No, that's 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 a great point. Yeah, he kind of within one tweet, he's like, "Yeah, you should be considerate of people's feelings." I'm just, you know, it's it's okay to criticize art, but not feelings. Oh, and by the way, you're hurt. That's all fake. You rich bastard. You know, I mean, it's it's like, what is he doing yeah, there? So he just like he he hyped himself up into saying some fucking bullshit <laughs> in the same tweet. He's, he started the tweet with uh, "This is going to be a heady ass tweet," and you know, I hate <laughs> I, you know I hate heady tweets. And then he went into this this pure bullshit. Um, that said, you know, so generally I'm on James Blake's side. And this is kind of where the, the reviewer in me comes in. But at the end where, uh, you know, the, the well, the, the now end of this saga, maybe it continues. But James Blake saying, you know, I think they still might be upset that I called them out. Maybe they are. Or, you know, maybe they thought the album was just okay or not good. I mean, that's yeah. – I, I hate the just the assumption that like – Oh, well, they didn't like my music. It's probably because they have something against me, you know? So maybe, yeah. maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I hate kind of, I kind of want to give Pitchfork the benefit of the doubt because there are legitimate criticisms about the record. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that he was mostly just, you know, trolling. I don't think he really right. gives it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I, I, maybe would, right. I would, I would agree with that. Like I, I don't, I don't, I, people shouldn't take that review in, I don't know. I mean, maybe 
it's hard because of that fucking tweet was just so fucking <laughs> shitty. But I don't want to take that review like in context with it. I want to separate both of them so that I can right. believe that they have some sort of integrity. Right. But yeah, that whole situation is just fucking weird. Yeah, you're right though. James Blake might be joking. Maybe it's that just that that dry British humor that just goes over my head sometimes. You know, maybe yeah. some of that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the pitchfork James Blake feud. Um, the that's like the worst the, episode of Celebrity Deathmatch ever. By the way, yeah. I mean, my <laughs> right. God, <laughs> one of the strangest like feuds I think we've talked about. <laughs> we've we talked about some strange feuds. Yeah, we've talked about Eminem and MGK. We've talked about uh, Kanye, Rhymefest, and Donda's yeah. house. You know, we've talked about a lot of feuds on here. We love feuds. Uh, James Blake versus Pitchfork is an interesting one. Yes. Um, Arcade Fire versus capitalism, but then also, yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) It's a a bit petty ass. So okay, so back to the record. Um, Actually, before back to the record, you you mentioned great album title. I agree Uh with that. the The album artwork is not great it's not it's not good it's it's it's, it's really <laughs> not as not as much it's right it is it is not quite there it uh it looks like a uh some sort of ad for for uh you know some sort of hair product or something yeah like a cologne or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you could you could just type like armani in white yes. text and then it's like oh that works <laughs> you know <laughs> So yeah, I, I had to mention that, and we couldn't not mention it because we're the number one podcast when it comes to analyzing album artwork. Um, yeah, and the most trusted voice in album artwork. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I now like, I want he will look yeah. out for James Blake feuding with us about his album. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and then we clap back with the like, okay, yeah, treat someone's real. Uh, appearance with empathy. No, your album artwork is not immune to criticism. Grow up. (laughs) Just because you have a good head of hair doesn't mean everybody else. Oh, yeah. And how do you have a good head of hair? You rich musician? Yeah. Okay. Thought so. Um, (laughs) so, Were there... Okay. All right. So back to the actual... We're getting really backtracked on this. Hey, you know what? We... eh, Call it backtrack. I call it... We were definitely going to talk about this stuff anyway. So... That's true. Um, yeah. It, were there any songs on here that you were just flat out like, I do not like this song, or I don't want to listen to it again? No, there weren't. Yeah. Because everything had at least enough interesting moments on it for, for me to, you know, mm-hmm. for me to, to want to listen to it. it. It felt like it definitely deserved to be placed in this album. So it was there wasn't anything like that that I was like, this is trash. But right. there was a, there was a lot of moments that I was like, "What what is happening here?" Like that kind of those kind of things. Yeah, that's that's totally fair, and I I think I agree for the most part. It's just kind of like, you know, I I don't care for I I don't want to say I don't. Mile High is okay. Um, yeah, I I really like the production on Mile High. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's like the way that it complements Travis Scott's voice and his rapping style is really really good. Um, but it doesn't go very far. Right. It's, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of like just 
a bland this feels like a bland travis scott verse or bland travis scott track right but the production on it i think is fascinating it's kind of, yeah, that's kind of my issue. It just feels drab. When we just saw Travis Scott and James Blake do the, you know, Stop Trying to Be God, like, that was great. That was fantastic, a fantastic yeah. song. And then this is, I think, a little disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, there's no song on here I think is bad, but, you know, if, if the album ended at Don't Miss It, I would have been okay with that. I, I'm not huge on uh, a Lullaby for My Insomniac, which is the closer yeah it, it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like it, it's it's kind of weird like ending like all of a sudden it's over you're like wait what yeah right it doesn't feel like track. a closer yeah it, and it's just kind of it sticks out in its own way as well and uh i don't know i, I think don't miss it kind of has this powerful close to it and if the album just cut off there i i wouldn't have complained about missing a 12th track or whatever um so yeah, so those are just, I feel like I'm complaining and griping about this album more than I should because I, I love it in general. I think there's plenty of highlights on here. Um, yeah, what are, what, what, are your, what are some like really good highlights that you have on this? There's, uh, I, I don't even think I've mentioned uh, I'll Come To yet. I, I love that song because there's something, there's something, there's an underrated quality that we don't talk about much about songs that are just fun to sing along to. I, I think there's something to be said about that. And this song's fun to sing along to because not only is it like the melody kind of easy to do so, but it's it's a, it's kind of a romantic song um, about always wanting to be with your partner. Um, there's a lot of sentiment behind it. Uh, the song kind of, it kind of has another one of these endings that swell and get romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of the one of the catchier songs on the on the record, and I think a popular pick for favorite song on the album. If I'm just judging by Reddit comments, um, yeah, I mean, most of, what's weird about this record is like most of my favorite songs are pretty straightforward in terms of their appeal, which is not generally my take on James Blake songs. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah, I think the color in anything. I think I had the reverse opinion where like. Songs like um, Forever, for example, were just, yeah. they were kind of lower on my ranking, whereas I loved songs like, uh, well, shoot, now I can't even think, like Radio Silence, where there's a lot yeah. of interesting stuff going on. It, it's kind of reverse down. here. I don't know if that means I've changed in terms of what I want in a James Blake song, or if it's just he happened to do the simpler songs better this time and the more complicated stuff he's done better in the past. I don't know. Well, it feels like it feels like there's just a lot more simple stuff on this record. Right, right. It, it's I, very that's streamlined. I, I think yeah, you're right. It, yeah, there's a lot more to pick out because there's a lot more. I mean, the what the most experimental songs on here. I mean, "Are You in Love," the title, the title yeah. track, and "Are You in Love" might be the most. You know, that's, quote experimental. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess there isn't a lot of like just straight up experimental stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no two men down on this. I love two men down. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. There's none of none of that. And I kind of noted that there's less vocal distortion on this album than there was on past albums, uh, which is yeah. a big appeal for a lot of James Blake fans. But that just kind but of extends. 
yeah, I found that there's a lot more of James Blake using his vocal, like, like using his vocals in a real way, but like different. And does that make sense? I don't know mm-hmm. how to say what I'm saying, but like on like uh, like Power On, right? As an example, right, exactly. Like the way that he kind of growls his vocals to to um, match with like the production, the deep like production on it, like that that kind of stuff. Or where's the catch? Where he's like. It must be <laughs> a catch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Uh, because, you know, while I miss the vocal distortion, he he varies his delivery enough from full voice to falsetto to like the lower register on power on. Or yeah. He'll even do it like within one song. Like I really like the moment on "Tell Them" with Moses Sumney and Metro Boomin. Like the pre-chorus is that lower register where he's like, um, "I didn't plan to stay long," and then the chorus yeah. is like full voice falsetto James Blake, and there's a nice juxtaposition there. Um, which really I, like that chorus, by the way. Yeah, tell them what you came for. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, that's, that's, I think that's an underrated song in general. Yeah, but yeah, I really, I really like that. There's like this one line in it though that I it's kind of stupid but oh, anyway let's do but, that lines or not stupid but yeah right let's do because uh, i have one too that i kind of want to point out in that song uh the my, mine's in mile high but probably okay similar. this this one's in tell them it's the james blake in the snake pit so long i've got posters <laughs> up <laughs> like just that image is like so fucking stupid it's <laughs> it's weird because like it i don't even think it rhymes with what's around it and the, the, that phrase is so short in comparison to the other lines in that chorus it, it, it is kind of awkward but it's just yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you just hear it you're like wait what <laughs> what, did, what did he just say <laughs> I've got posters up it's yep. like okay alright <laughs> I love it I, I love that like one of our if there's anything we're known for besides critiquing album artwork it's just noticing these lines (laughs) (laughs) i think my favorite one favorite in quotes it's actually a travis scott lyric but i couldn't not you know he uh, he says uh, on mile high he says ass fatter than a peach yeah (laughs) i sure would hope so like peaches aren't that fat all things considered like how many yeah. things are fatter in than pro- <laughs> in proportion it's like it's, it's, like, it's real small how many how many asses are not fatter than a, a one peach like i don't know it's just like i get the peach emoji thing but you know it, that's not because of how fat it is it's because of the shape of it that's why yeah, yeah it's not it's like fatter than a could you imagine seeing someone that like just they have normal proportions and then a a peach sized ass i so i couldn't get past that line or maybe he was doing this thing where it's the the humor in the line is that it's obviously fat i don't know i don't know what he was going for there but it's it's not very fat so yeah that's yeah that i like (laughs) nice nice pull out with that the and and it just feels weird too like after because it comes in like pretty early in the verse too right i think like right i think yeah, so pretty er- pretty early on anyway but like it comes after assumed form 
and everything. And it just feels so weird that the line, ass fatter than a peach, is in a James Blake album. Because <laughs> we're coming off the first track, which I think has some pretty pretty good lyrics about uh, his kind of perceived detachment from the world around him and uh, how he's experiencing life from like this third-person point of view. And the ending lyrics, I think, are pretty good, and they end with this this kind of romantic lyric. It's like, doesn't it seem much warmer just knowing the sun will be out, which is kind of a poetic lyric. Yeah, great. Yeah, and then <laughs> going to Mile High, ass fatter than a peach. <laughs> I'm sure James Blake has a questionable lyric on this song as well. Um, well, he's got the, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, call you for no reason. Hold on like it's greasy. That's it, hold on like it's, <laughs> hold on like it's greasy. <laughs> like just all the romanticism <laughs> that was established is just out the window now yeah throw it out <laughs> yeah that one is like ah yeah right and Not just the great. sentiment of the song just being about a mile high club on an album of you know mostly <laughs> love songs yeah it's kind of odd but yeah but alas i love the production on this song but yeah it's like kind of and <laughs> just diving into it is like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is yeah. this on this album <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. you know is there uh that's a is there anything you wanted to uh look at before we got to final thoughts any uh, song we haven't talked about that you're just dying to talk about we're already there aren't we we're getting final there thoughts. yeah yeah we're yeah. at like 50 minutes yeah um another like example of kind of jarring lyrics on this um amongst Really cool production, though, and an amazing feature from Rosalia mm -hmm. is Barefoot in the Park. But the chorus is like, Barefoot in the Park, you uh, was you start rubbing off on me. Mm -hmm. mm. It's like, it's kind of, I, I don't know, it's like very, it is very jarring. Yeah. It's supposed to be, I feel like it's supposed to be like romantic and like, uh, like, Ex like passionately sexual in a way or whatever because it's like this new couple in love or whatever but just i don't know it just it doesn't sit very well with me <laughs> just like the way that they said that it's like ooh, <laughs> like, i don't want to hear that <laughs> yeah i think when i first heard it i i kind of took the mental in impression of it which like you know you're rubbing off on someone and then from now on, it's just full Lenny face every time I, I listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, all right. That said, they're, they're, I think their vocal sound just fucking awesome yeah. together. This was a good, really, really good, um, uh, yeah, just a, a really beautiful track. And the uh, the translations for the Rosalia verse of, um, it's like the, the lyrics are really beautiful, really poetic. I didn't even uh, look at the translation, yeah. But she sounds great. I, look, I looked at him in, in Genius. It's basically like um, she's looking at this hole in the sky um, and, and like this hole in the sky that God's created or whatever, and then lightning falls into this person's eye and breaks her heart Damn. or something like that. It's like really cool imagery. And then you start rubbing off on me. <laughs> yeah, her her album got a lot of uh, hype last year, and I only listened to a couple songs. But you know, maybe I yeah. should maybe I should uh, 
peep the whole thing because yeah she's, yeah this she sounds great. this maybe you definitely want to go back and listen to that because yeah it, that that album came out i think like right when we were starting to make our list and i was like i can't can't do this <laughs> right right, now. right and th- i think that's what it was for me same thing with uh, uh moses sumney it kind of made me want to go back and yeah. listen to that but i know he has something coming out sooner rather than later so maybe i'll just wait till that but but yeah 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 um, that was um yeah i, I think that we covered almost every track on here. I think so. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I think we did. I think we did just cover every single song on here. Yeah, except for uh, I'll Come Too. Oh, I, I, yeah, I kind of mentioned that one. Just kind of like uh, it well, was yeah, that's right. fun did. to sing along with it. I, I like that one. That that yeah. one I'm most likely to just kind of blast in my car and just start, you know, vibing out to it or whatever. Vibing yeah, out, man. Yeah. <laughs> good, nothing but good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, pitchfork sad boy vibes <laughs> oh yeah sad sad boy vibe. i don't even like yeah the, the sad boy thing is it's dumb but um but you know whatever <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm i can i can do final thoughts or you can do final thoughts or uh we yeah, can do them simultaneously <laughs> yeah let's just talk over each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- that would be a first for this podcast yeah, yeah. um all right i guess i'll I'll go in here. Go um, for it. I, you know, kind of like the this album in general is pretty straightforward, so I don't have a ton of like insightful stuff in my my final thoughts. Um, this might be my favorite James Blake record, maybe. Ooh, I know, yeah. I, I revisited the color in anything like a few days ago, and that album I think has higher highs and lower lows than this album does. So I'm trying to trying to compare the two is pretty tough but yeah i feel like i'm gonna listen to this one a lot this year um it's kind of hard to say whether this is my favorite because of uh just the general consistency of james blake um overgrown is really freaking good also that's kind of underrated at this point but actually that one might be my favorite anyway this is definitely his most accessible (laughs) it really could be it could be the self-titled that one's really good um yeah this this is his most accessible record, I think, objectively. Uh, it features, you know, not only is it like accessible, but it, it has this uh, this nice collection of tracks that exemplify why people like James Blake. Uh, with everything from, you know, if you're into the piano ballads, they're on here. If you like the electronic instrumentation, that's here too. Uh, just the the gorgeous vocals to the hip-hop features everything every reason you could want to like james blake is here except for uh like the experimental moments um as we kind of mentioned you know he is a versatile artist in this way uh so the the pacing of this album can kind of seem odd and off-putting um but you know when, when this album does kind of get to its groove starting at into the red I think it's it, it kind of you know we have it we it's smooth sailing from there um you know songs like into the red uh where's the catch don't miss it those are I think especially stellar and they match I think with like any of the best songs in James Blake's uh discography um I really don't have much else to say that we haven't already gone over uh it's a great album of love songs if you're into love songs, especially from this kind of masculine, insecure perspective, I think this is the album for you. Uh, the vocals are there. The production's there. Um, I'll probably be listening to this all year. 
uh, eight out of ten. I'll go with that. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll I'll go ahead and just start talking about mine. Okay. Uh, not my favorite James Blake record. Ooh. Um, I mean, Color and Anything is still. I I still really like that album. I went back and listened to it actually. There you go. While I was while I was listening to or after I was done listening to this album because I was like, I, yeah, comparison. I kind of wanted some comparison there and why did I like that um, more than I like this? Why was that more attractive to me? And I think that the, the thing is like, I feel like James Blake um, had a lot more of himself involved on that record. Um, there's more of a clear feeling on that record as like what he's trying to convey. And on this project, the biggest issue I have with it is like by the end of it, I, I still don't know how I feel. Hmm. There's a, I mean, that's not to say like you can't have hip hop and, um, you know, experimental electronic, like, um, ballads and things like that on the same album. He does a good job of that. But I think that, overall capturing a mood it was just uh, there's not there's not something that i can pin it down to and i don't want to call it oh james blake's hip-hop record because there's right. honestly not that much hip-hop on here and that feels kind of shitty to to just like pin down that one thing as like oh there's hip-hop so it's a hip-hop record um so for me this is his accessible record this is his this is his um Trendy? Like, yeah, this is his, like, if you want to show James Blake to somebody that hasn't heard him before, this is a good record for it. That's what it feels like, because the experimental moments are there, but they're very watered down. Hmm. Um, and the, and the you know, the, the hip-hop moments are there, and they're done pretty well. I mean, there's some, like we said, some weird fucking lines <laughs> on there. Um, but there's really good verses, really good features. Um, but yeah, so, but it, for me, it's just hard to pin down an actual theme, feel, whatever. And that's like, that's, what's been kind of bothering me about it overall though. Like the production from track to track is stellar. I don't have, I think that are you in love? I agree with you is like, really the only standout of like I this doesn't really quite work for me mm. production everything else is done really well there's some safe safeness to it in a way mm-hmm. um, but I don't fault him for that there's not it, it's not done in a way that's like oh this is like just the same you know bullshit I've heard on this album this album this album it's still very distinct so this is why I'm like so torn on it is because of it's like I feel like I should like this record more than I actually do. Um, but the thing, I think the thing is, is that like I come out of it with a feeling just a little bit empty, um, emotionally, thematically. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Other than that, the um, title track, Can't Believe we, the Way We Flow. Um, I really like Tell Them, um, I'll Come To. Into the Red is great also. These are all tracks that are like really, really well done. They make the album um, distinct, beautiful, romantic, all of that. Um, 
but it's not enough to to save it from from itself mm. so it, so um yeah I, I guess that's that's pretty much i don't have really anything else seven out of ten for me Ooh, seven out of ten okay yeah i think you're i think you're just upset that he called out pitchfork so well you know me and my toxic masculinity <laughs> there you go well yeah but how's james blake gonna think it's okay to just <laughs> <laughs> he's just sad why is he sad yeah. You know, I like I like bands like Greta Van Fleet because <laughs> they're like they're alpha. They, or they're not afraid to be men in yeah. a time when it's really hard to be. Men. <laughs> <laughs> a, oh God! In a time where it's hard. Oh man! Yeah, I mean, they just don't get how hard it is for us. You know, people yeah. like us. The, the 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 white man of the American middle class. It's tough. Um, so, um, uh, thank you. Living in cities. Yeah, just oh man, me and my me and my St. Louis lifestyle, um, and you with your uh, California lifestyle. Oh, don't give it away. Oh shoot. Uh, uh, oops, too, sorry. Too late. They're coming for me. I know it took you a while to get to California. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank James Blake for that vocal contribution just now. Um, yeah. Oh, he's in your apartment now. <laughs> yeah. It's well. That's why you know. I during my final thoughts, he came in, and I was gonna give this album a three, and then I'm like, uh, it's an eight. <laughs> gonna gonna listen yeah, to this one a lot. <laughs> and yeah. So there you go. Um, nice. <laughs> th- thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for joining me, Patrick. And uh, don't forget happy to watch. Happy 2019, yeah. everybody. Yeah, and, happy, and you. happy 2019. You know, happy happy New Year, uh, all of that stuff. Um, I'm not sure what's coming up soon. Uh, hopefully, some some good stuff. I mean, that's obvious an obvious sentiment <laughs> to want. Um, <laughs> hopefully, it, something good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to James Blake if you haven't yet. <laughs> I mean, God, if you haven't yet, then like. Thank you for listening to this podcast, because man, <laughs> just wanna, just want to know our opinion. Huh? Yeah, right. That's all you want. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, and uh, don't forget to watch the Good Place on NBC. So, to that, we'll uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>